came from Gen X. <laughs> hey, welcome everybody to It Came From Gen X. This is episode eight. Can't tell you what I just ate, but I am your host, Keith Porter, along with your other host, Michael Skinner, Brian Fisher. And I tell you, when this guy talks, he couldn't be looser, but we'd like to welcome this show's producer, Michael Skinner Jr. What's going on, my man? Wow. That was great. I know it. I, I Boy, I got stuff for you today. How's everybody doing? Everybody all right, man? All right, good. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, certainly welcome to all of our listeners, and uh, we would be remiss if we didn't take a moment uh, at the beginning of this show. Uh, we are at a loss for words and at heavy hearts today. Uh, we lost truly one of our own, and I say that because he went to high school with us. Uh, he was more, more particular in band with us, and me personally, uh, he was one of my drummers in the drum line, and uh, his name is Darius Boggs, and we lost him yesterday, and uh, guys, I'm still just at shock, Skinner. I can't even put it into words. Darius was one of the funniest individuals you ever want to meet. He was a co-Steelers fan. He loved football. Uh, and he was very, very, very well-versed in politics and world events. He could debate with anybody, uh, but he was just a great guy. Darius came in the room, and he just made you laugh, and he will be sorely, sorely missed. Um, wearing my Steelers shirt today in tribute to Darius Boggs. God bless you, brother. God bless his family. And uh, it's just a sad day for us all. Yeah, for you folks that are listening to us on podcast or on radio, you can't see us. I'm actually wearing brown gear today in honor of Darius. Um, I grew up with him. Um, I've known him my entire life. He uh, lived at 2050 16th Street. My address was 2050 18th Street. We were two blocks away. And like I said, um, I've known him my entire life. Him and his little brother, Brian, who is... Uh, I can't imagine what he's going through. Uh, they lost their dad last year. They lost their mom back in 1994. So Brian is the last one left in his family. So um, giving him his uh, giving him his space. But I tell you what, um, I was not prepared to wake up yesterday morning with the news that I was woken up to. Uh, so Darius, where are my Browns gear, brother? We love you. We're going to certainly miss you. He was a fan of fan and friend of our other show with reality yes, he football. Definitely was. He was a huge I'm contributor. I meant to mention that he he was a listener. Yeah, uh, he contributed even if it was getting on our on our case about something. But he listened. Uh, you know, I saw Darius. My last two times I saw him was uh, a couple years ago. He was in town and called me out of the blue. And I think my mom had my car or something, and I was at, at, at her girlfriend's house. And he said, you need a ride? I'll come get you. And he came and got me. And I just saw it in the blue. And right. that was the first time I had seen him. But then, of course, we had the Kenmore Band uh, reunion. Right. And uh, I walked in, and there's Darius standing with all these drummers, whom I didn't know any of them other than Darius. And I walked over. I said, hey, who's in charge? And they looked at each other, Darius, with you? I said, that's right, everybody in the hallway. <laughs> so, that was a great day with Darius, so I'll well, miss him. Real quick, if you got something, let's, uh, cheers to Darius. We love you, brother. Uh, rest in peace. And we'll see you on the other side. Amen. All right, well, this is our eighth show, and we're excited. And uh, Fish, go ahead and tell them where they can uh, find us. 
Okay, you might be listening to us on the WMBU.org, Global Internet Radio, Monday nights from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern. We are on all major podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Uh, you can also ask your home assistant device to play the It Came From Gen X podcast, and she will do that for you from the comfort of your own home. The Facebook page, all information is there. If you remember nothing other than this, at It Came From Gen X, all one word. Look for us there. YouTube channel, It Came From Gen X. Uh, email the show, It Came From Gen X 330 at gmail.com. And we are also on Instagram, It Came From Underscore Gen X. Uh, Twitter, It Came From Gen X. And TikTok, It Came From Gen X 330. But again, Facebook at It Came From Gen X. Everything's there. Links to the podcast, links to the videos. Go check us out. And I want to say uh, we've had uh, a lot more, uh, even since the last week, we've had more page likes. Don't know if our new uh, page followers are listening to the show for the first time yet this week. If you I think are, it's all the comments you. about my rear end. I think that's what's <laughs> that was, brought them in. <laughs> yeah, that, you're, that clip from last the two weeks ago had the most uh, views on our TikTok account and yeah, likes bet. of anything that we put up there. Absolutely. So uh, we are anxiously, uh, I wanted to hear an update on the show. I hope, uh, I hope today. So okay. anyway, so uh, welcome new listeners. Thanks for your support. If you do listen, give us a, a like and subscribe, tell a friend if uh, you like our stuff and we appreciate your support. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, Fish. Uh, yep. Again, I want to welcome Mike Jr., uh, Mike Skinner Jr. Uh, this is Skinner's son. Um, we're blessed to have all our kids contribute and uh, everything that we've been able to do so far. Yes. Uh, Fisher's daughter Peyton did the wonderful artwork uh, for the show, and um, Junior here has been doing producing the show, making strides every week. Uh, don't know where we'd be without him, so we're glad to have you here, buddy. Well, I appreciate that. You doing all right today? I'm doing all right. I really appreciate those kind words. I really, I'm really enjoying the direction of the show and where it's going every day. I mean, you see the little clips I send you. You guys crack me up, so it's been enjoyable. Yeah. Well, before you get all excited, your dad uh, chimed me twenty bucks <laughs> to say that, so don't. Don't don't get too excited, all right, I'll okay? Take all right. <laughs> all right, no problem. So hey, uh just a little update here. Okay, so I went in a couple weeks ago to get a colonic done. I made the oh, mistake of telling these morons yeah. on the show, and I haven't lived it down. So if you did not catch last week's show, the infamous, the no good, the low gal, John Cooper, who is not here. But he had time to make a nice little commercial, and Junior put it in. And I tell you what, you guys are all dead meat. <laughs> well, and the only thing that makes me mad, the only thing that made me mad was I laughed so hard when I heard it. <laughs> that made me even madder. I'll tell you what, the hardest yeah. part was when he first sent me the recording and he told me, he was like, all right, I need you to put some cheesy 80s music underneath. I'm like, all right, here we go. I, I started putting <laughs> it together and I, I was just laughing the entire time. It was, you'll, you'll, it was, you'll pay for that. You'll pay for that. All right. <laughs> all right. We're ready to get started. Let's get this thing cooking with some world news and a hot dog contest. He's a winner. Let's turn it over to Michael Skinner. Go ahead, buddy. <laughs> oh, I love your intros. <laughs> okay, fellas. First, uh, first story I've got, and it's a pretty big one, um, especially with on the heels of the uh, George Floyd uh, trials that's been going on for the last couple weeks. 
Um, Mr. Dwayne Wright was shot and killed yesterday afternoon in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Uh, what turned out should have been just a traffic stop turned into an absolute nightmare for his him and his family and the officers involved. Um, they stopped him for a registration was was late on a, the license. And then come to find out that they knew going in that he had some open warrants that they were just trying to get him. Uh, the female officer, which they have not named, uh, thought she had her taser in her hand. And you could see what the, they had camera gear, both dash cam and body gear. She kept saying taser, 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 which is what they are instructed to do prior to pulling that trigger. But come to find out she had her service revolver or service pistol in her hand instead of her um Taser, and they shot and killed this uh, individual with his girlfriend's uh, fiance, his baby's mother. Uh, but next to be him. clear, I, she thought she was pulling her taser. That was. But come saying? to find out, she, she thought she had her taser in her hand. Right. And when I I went in and did a little bit of research on this, and I listened to the captain of the force or the the commander of the police force, he even said that they're trained to have their pistol on their dominant side. And the taser is on the non-dominant side. So how she got switched up, the kid was asked to come out of the car. I shouldn't say kid. He's a gentleman, 20 years old. They asked him to get out of the car. He did. Uh, there was a little bit of a scuffle. He was His mom, I guess, was on the phone too, which was – and then he immediately – he tried – he jumped back into the car instead of trying to, uh, to do it. I don't know the whole story yet. Anyway, what happened is, unfortunately, she tragically killed him. Um it initially appears that it's a complete accident, mistake, not done malicious in any way, but we're not sure. Um, it is a female officer. I don't know the color of skin. Okay. It, to me, it doesn't matter whether right. it's black, white, or indifferent. So. Before I hit this to fish to start us off, uh, I, I did not, for those of you who are new to the show, it came from Gen X. This is a show about life. Um, particular topics such as pop culture, world events, sports and music through the eyes of Gen Xers, which we are. We also look at the dichotomy between Gen X and millennials. We make fun of each while making fun of each other. We are also the cast of Reality Football. So we just wanted to say welcome to you new listeners. Uh, with that being said, uh, please, Fish, go ahead. Uh, well, it's certainly unfortunate, needless to say. So, I mean, it, uh, I, I, was, I didn't hear this story, uh, Skinner. So, but uh, everything you said here, it sounds like a, an unfortunate accident. I mean, it, it would certainly have a different uh, tone if there was excessive force or something along that line. So that's, it's just a, you know, a shame. So, um, I don't know. I mean, some of the arguments here too, if, 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 if the gentleman would follow orders from the officer, would this have a different result? I don't know, but uh, yeah, it just sounds like an unfortunate uh, accident, and you know, the heat of the moment, and you know, your, you know, your hands get screwed up or whatever it is. I mean, if that's what you're trained to do, obviously, it's, it sounds like it would be easy to make a mistake in, in the heat of a moment and pull the wrong trigger. So maybe they got to revisit to how they're trained and technique there, perhaps. I don't know. I'm not sure, exactly. but yeah, that's uh, so. It's it's uh, just too bad. So well, that's, I, you that's know, all I got. You 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 hit it, but Mike hit it right at the end when he said, "I don't know what you know race, whatever." It, it, you know what? This shouldn't matter. 
Right. Number one, no one should die at a traffic stop. That's number one. Number mm-hmm. two, if this officer thought she was grabbing a taser, then this is a reflection, in my opinion, what has been the problem all along. The media has made racial issues out of it to sell, yeah. you know, whatever. But it's about officers not being properly trained. And I think this right here is the epitome of that when you don't even know what you're grabbing in the heat of the moment. That's why you're a police officer, to be cool in the heat of the moment, you know, and to know what you're doing. So I don't know much about it to make, you know, a a well-informed comment, but uh, this sounds pretty much like uh, just another person out on the street not prepared to deal with things that are coming at them. I don't care who was what color. And uh, also, you someone said it, played as day. You know what? Comply. Don't fight officers. That'll mm-hmm. stop a lot of stuff. Not everything. There's been some 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 police brutality. But for the most part, just do what you're told, and no one will have to draw on you no matter what. So... Right. Well, real quick, we have a millennial here on the cast this week. So let's get your, if you've got a take real quick, Mike, and we'll move on to uh, a little bit easier subject. Sure. I don't really have too much to add, just to be honest with you. I haven't looked that deeply into the case. I'm from whatever, from what you guys are saying, it seems like it was an unfortunate accident. And I tend to agree with Keith. It's, it seems like this is more of a, of a failure of training. And it sounds like whoever this officer was clearly either was not trained properly or should not, that person should not be a cop because like a traffic stop, this, this just can't happen. I mean, especially <laughs> like if someone began, or I think dad began saying, you know, it's in the, midst of the george floyd stuff going on so right but yeah like i said i I haven't delved that deeply into it so i don't have that much i I don't want to give an input because i don't i don't know that much so okay how how old are you junior i will be 28 in a couple months 28 okay so when we were 28 and younger uh the i believe 32 was the cutoff to be an akron police officer is where we're located for the most part um the requirements to be an Akron police officer used to be grades, psychological exam, uh, all these important things. Do you know what the number one requirement is right now for millennials to be a police officer? The one thing they look at, all they care about. I would assume a degree in criminal justice. Not even close. Okay. Credit. Hmm. What does that mean? A credit Credits. check. You know where I got this from? The Akron Police Department. I have a degree in criminal justice. They came to our class and talked to us how everything has changed, and this is what they look at now. And I think that might have a reflection on why we have some of the issues we have. Sure. Credit. Yep. So anyway, all right, go ahead. Scan us. Good Lord. Buddy. Good Lord. Okay. Uh, do you guys know what happened here in our great state of Ohio today? A new law took in. It effect. rained. Yes, it did. It, it I did. saw that. I think it, oh. it's going to benefit Fisher more than anybody. <laughs> Ohio's. You go for a guess. Right. No kidding. Ohio's beer and wine delivery law took into effect today to where businesses with a, a valid license to sell beer and wine now may deliver just like Uber Eats or DoorDash or all those other ones, uh, delivering beer and wine. There is one stipulation. They're not into the liquor yet, the hard liquor, mm. whiskeys, and all those other things. 
There's some parameters that got to go into effect or they got to get uh, some guidelines with all that, but it's not far away that you can go and buy yourself a bottle of whiskey and have it delivered to your house. I got two things with that real quick. I'll get your opinion. Then I want to throw a generic of a Jeff's first millennial kind of question. I think it's pretty cool. It's going to keep people that need to do a beer run during their partying. They don't have to get behind a wheel and risk lives of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most importantly, these businesses that have been shut down through this pandemic, these restaurants yeah. and bars, this is a, a revenue stream that they desperately need to stay and survive. They can't go much longer with, with the way things are going. So with that. Ah, so it's a survival. It is. Yeah. What do you got, Fish? I, I, no. Real quick, before you go, Fish, I go just ahead, want Keith. to say, making a beer run. See, when I used to drink, there was no such thing as making a beer run. I always bought enough the first time. Just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah. <laughs> Preparation. Ahead, you daggone kids out there. <laughs> Get off my lawn. Go ahead, yeah. buddy. <laughs> no, I, everything you said, uh, Skinner, makes uh, – yeah, I agree with everything you just said there. So it's funny. I remember sitting around back in the day with, like, Cooper and just saying, man, if somebody could figure out how to deliver Taco Bell – they would make a fortune because we're in line and all those crazy hours and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And fast forward, here we are. Now you can actually have in the same delivery or the same evening, at least, maybe at the same delivery, you could have Taco Bell and beer delivered to your home. You know, this is what progress is supposed to be. It's the, it's the 100%. It's, it's the complete wow. opposite of that terrible, terrible last story. Have people bring stuff like that to your home. I, and, I, and I agree with you. The safety thing is is very nice because you're right. There would definitely, definitely, definitely be some people who will get behind the wheel of a car that should not to run down the street and risk, you know, hurting themselves and other people. You know, I, yeah, right. myself in the day too. Don't get me wrong. So yeah, I think it's I think it's uh, I think it's good good for the business, good for the state. So that's why well, I, I I tell you what I I, I see the pros. Mm-hmm. Uh. Which what you guys were just talking about. Cons <laughs> zero. Moving on. Thank you. <laughs> uh, I have questions. How are they going to validate the ID pre-delivery? You know what uh, I mean? That seems like that. Interesting. Uh, it's questions like that that pop into my head. Hmm. And I think this is one of those things where you're not going to understand the problems until after it starts. To see well, what, I did what comes hear, up from it. What I did hear is I can't order... Uh, a 12 pack of uh, Budweiser seltzers and send it to Madison's house, uh, to her sure. house. It has to, right. I, if I order it, I have to show my ID and I have to sign for it. That I do uh, know as far as the beer is concerned. That and that'll be sense. the same with the liquor. So I, they have those parameters are in place, but I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I just can't, you can't send it to your college kid and say, hey, have fun. I, I think some unforeseen issues are going to pop up once it gets started. You know, they are. Yeah. Just like uh, everything else. But I, I, the argument is strong to one to keep the places going or for as business is concerned. And mm-hmm. I understand the part of, you know, you're already drinking and whatever. Instead of making a beer run, let the beer run to you. So I, I get it. So. so here's the Generation X topic about this. Oh, boy. So, Michael, can you picture this? Your uh, grandmother writes a note. I'm 16 years old. I have my license. She writes a note saying, please sell my son, Michael Skinner, a a pack of Salem Slim 100s, and he has money to pay for this. I go to Doyle's drive-thru down on Wilbur's Road, and I go to the drive-thru, and I I hand over the note. Mm -hmm. It has 
your grandmother's signature saying, please sell this to my son. Do you know that I paid for those cigarettes and took them home to my, to, to my mother, to your grandmother? Can you fathom that happening today? Well, today, no, but I can for my age because I did the same thing with my mom and stepdad at Doyle's drive through in Ellet down the road. So, yes, I could totally fathom it, but today, absolutely wow. not. No way. Well, you, Jenner, I totally forgot about that, man. That was definitely a Gen X thing growing up. Absolutely. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, people people weren't scared of laws back then, you know, store owners, you know. If you got a note for your mom, well, here, you know, send these to your mama. Right now, a group that used to be called Liquor Control, now called Ohio uh, Investigative Unit, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll bust your chops of that stuff, man. So that, that's good stuff right there, man. I forgot all about, I used to see that on my street, the, the brothers that smoke, send uh, my friends, you know, to the store with a note, come back with I don't, two pack. I don't remember my father either testing the waters with buying a 24 pack of his bush that he used to drink back then. But right. you know, with the cigarettes, that was, that was pretty simple to get those sold and, and uh, not get caught with those. But uh, yeah, just imagine how the thing, somebody walked up to the store today with a note from their mom saying, hey, can you sell this to my kid? Hey, better yet, somebody going to the weed dispensary with a note. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Hey. Mama said, give me a dime bag. <laughs> right. There's probably a chance that happens today in some small towns, you know, where people actually still know each other. and talk I guarantee stuff. it. You know, everybody knows everybody. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm sure yeah, that's probably in the larger cities and whatnot, or just a lot of those, you know, like Akron used to be kind of a smaller town, but, you know, as it grows, definitely not. Right. There's some places that are a lot looser than we are. So I'm pretty right. sure, too. <laughs> All right. Well, right. thank you. We as an us, not you so much. You, you've got that little <laughs> tiny um, hole opening. So we'll, we'll just leave it at that. All right. Thank you, Skinner, for world news, world events. Now we're going to head into the world. Of pop culture. Man, is he a stud? <laughs> he wish. Let's get some pop culture from my man Fish. There you go. I hope you're enjoying It Came From Gen X. I know we sure are. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hey, Gen Xers. If you're like some of us, as you get to be our age, things can get stuck, clogged, and sometimes rusty. I'm here to tell you about our new sponsor, and Olive Stool Oil. Are you tired of a squeaky stool? If you already tried screws and perhaps a nail or two in the bottom, reach for the bottle that most master wood wielders would recommend if they weren't busy wielding wood. I'll say that five times real fast. Aunt Olive's Stool Oil. Aunt Olive's will grease up that seat and give you the comfort of knowing that you can get up and down with no trouble, no fuss, and most of all, no noise. Best of all, Aunt Olive's stool oil can also be used as a cooking spray. That's right, when it comes to a slip, non-stick, nothing makes sausages slide like Aunt Olive's stool oil. Loosen your stool today with the help of Aunt Olive. Back to the show. Pop culture. Well, first of all, just kind of on the same note, if you're a Kenmore graduate of the 1980s in uh, Northeast Ohio, you know the K&K market over in Kenmore. And you probably know Samir, who everybody his, knows Samir. His, uh-huh. his yeah, his ID was if you were, you know, are you old enough? You a, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> give you a look, and it's like he's cool, he's good, he's cool, he's cool. Samir, yeah, contributing to a lot of problems what, back then. What, what we was that fun. beer we used yeah. to buy from Samir? Anybody remember? 
Mickey's yeah. I, Mickey's Mean Green over there. I used to get that. No, or something Boy. else we used to get. It was so cheap. Like Little red, Kings. white, blue. I oh, can't remember. Yeah. But it was like yeah. $3 for like a 24-pack or something ridiculous. <laughs> mm, brother. Okay. okay. Well, we got about 10 minutes. So I'm gonna, I'll give you one story. Then if we want to come back for more, we'll do it here. So uh, this was a, 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 a sad story here. So recently, uh, Jack Hanna the family of Jack Hanna came out and said that, uh, the poor man, uh, he is suffering from Alzheimer's and, uh, he just can't, uh, be in the public eye any longer. So Jack Hanna, uh, is the director of the Columbus zoo or was a director of the Columbus zoo and aquarium in Columbus, Ohio, where we are from. Uh, if you don't still don't know the name, if you watched David Letterman in the 1980s and 90s, and heck, if you watched David Letterman at all from the 80s forward, Hanna uh, made, I, I should look this up, but he made several, several appearances in our, in our time in bringing on exotic animals to that show. And he was always, always, always such a great guest, very informative, very funny, just a, you know, I mean, I guess Letterman had him on all the time. It seemed like almost weekly he had Jack Hanna on there. If he needed a spot, Jack Hanna got out there to New York and brought some interesting animals. So just made me sad because, you know, I watched Letterman constantly, especially in the 80s. Always look forward to his appearances. So, you know, bless you, Jack Hanna. You know, we, we wish you the very best, you and your family, going through this difficult time. So, um that's what I got. Any any memories of Jack Hanna, guys, growing up watching him on Letterman or whatever? Uh, absolutely. You know, uh, Fitz, I was going to say Jack Hanna is certainly a Gen X uh, figure. Oh, he yeah. actually spanned a few generations. Yes. And um, before there was the Crocodile Hunter and Steve Irwin, we had mm -hmm. Jack Hanna uh, yes. growing up. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I grew up watching late night television. I was a Carson Letterman guy. And he, uh, he was just always a figure around, you know. The animals were incredible. So uh, it's going to be sad. Uh, all diseases are ugly, but Alzheimer's right. just a real, real ugly yeah. one. Uh, it's a hurtful one, very hurtful one to look at your loved one, and they don't have a clue who you are. So our prayers out to them. Yeah, I, uh, I, Jack Hanna, because I go to Columbus Zoo, at least I try to, at least every other year. It's such a great zoo. A few of those that are not familiar with Ohio, it's about two-hour drive from where we live here in Northeast Ohio to get to Central Ohio, Columbus, which is the capital of Ohio. Uh, of Ohio. Uh, and the zoo is just north of downtown. Um, Jack Hanna had numerous appearances, like you said, on on Letterman. I remember he would purposely bring the snakes and crocodile or uh, the lizards because David Letterman had a phobia against him, and he used to just just make Dave go crazy on stage. I remember laughing <laughs> my tail off at that. But uh, Jack Hanna also had a television show. I don't know if it was on PBS or I don't remember what channel oh, that yeah. was, but on yeah. Saturdays he had a show that he would talk and, and it was a learning experience for most people. He would explain animals and how, you know, did it was a more of an educational show. Uh, but yeah, like you said, to prayers to his family, to him, um, loved him as a kid growing up. Like I said, he was our Steve Irwin, uh, like uh, the millennials and kids nowadays remember Steve Irwin more than they would Jack Hanna. But uh, it is a shame that he, that, that disease, boy, I tell you what, I've had I've been around there. it. Yeah. It is one of the ugliest diseases that somebody can have. 
It really is. Um, and um, yeah, I just uh, yeah. just a quick correct uh, correction there. Millennials actually have uh, Steve Irwin's children. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yes, he, he's that's been right. head long enough. So we, we we got a little bit of Steve Irwin as well growing up. Well, yeah. All right, what else you got there, Fish? Well, you, you, you don't remember Jack Cannon, do you? No, no, I think so. No idea. <laughs> okay, all right. Go ahead, fish. Okay, so Kid Cudi, who is a a a rap artist, uh, appeared on Saturday Night Live this past Saturday. Yes. And actually, had a, he's made some news here. Now, first of all, his, his performances were pretty good, but he made some extra news in paying tribute to a couple of well-known uh, celebrities. So first of all, he came out in his first act. He was wearing a pretty cool Chris Farley T-shirt, who, if you're a remote fan of SNL, you know, the 90s, you know, you know who Chris Farley was, and he passed away too soon. Uh, he, and over the shirt, he was wearing like a pretty cool green sweater uh, to pay tribute to Kurt Cobain, whose uh, unfortunate anniversary of his death was uh, was recently as well, over the past week. And then in his second performance, he came out wearing a uh, floral dress. And it was like, wow, what is he doing here? And I didn't realize this, but apparently... Kurt Cobain also would appear frequently wearing a floral dress on stage. So he definitely paid a lot of tribute to uh, Kurt Cobain on SNL this past week. So if you haven't seen it, obviously you can find it very easily on YouTube and otherwise, but uh, pretty cool. Did you see it? What did you think? Are you were, were you were a Nirvana fan? What do you guys think of that tribute? You want, you want to take a center? Uh, yeah, I'll real quick. I was not a big Nirvana fan. A couple songs I enjoyed. I it took me years to realize that Dave Grohl was their drummer. You know, I, I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan, but it took me probably f- three, four, five albums of Foo Fighters to realize that he was Kurt Cobain's drummer. And um, but uh, Nirvana, yeah, go figure. But uh, I was actually out in Seattle when Kurt Cobain uh, uh, passed away. And um, he meant a lot to that that part of the country. He left a lot. Meant a lot to that city. Um, that whole where Mike Jr. is now. That whole area is kind of like Northeast Ohio. Everybody looks out for each other for the most part. If you say you're from Akron, if you, they don't know what Akron is, you say, "Oh, I'm just I'm just a little south of Cleveland." They'll know exactly where you're at on the map. That's kind of like what Tacoma, uh, Kent. Um, Seattle, and I think Aberdeen is where he was actually grew up, was in Aberdeen, which is a little bit south of where Mike currently is. And um, But that town went into a huge mourning, that whole area when he passed away. So I didn't realize that it had just come up and passed, but I was a young kid in the military. Uh, this was even before. I, do you remember what year it was that, was that he passed? Was it? 96 90? or 7, I thought. No, it was earlier than that because I, I, I'm trying to think if Mike was even born at the time that that happened. 93, 94, maybe 95 that happened. Anyways. Um, 94. Yeah, that's April 5th, okay. 1994. He was, uh, was almost almost 27 years ago, almost exact to his Crazy. tribute last Saturday. Crazy what time is. I'm uh, making mm-hmm. sure, but kudos to, uh, what did you say the guy's name was? Kid Cuddy. Kid Cuddy, kudos to him for uh, not only Chris Farley, but Kurt Cobain um, doing those uh, tributes. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I, I'm about to tick a lot of people off here. Uh, well, first off, uh, Chris Farley, uh, certainly one of my favorite uh, comedians of all time, uh, an amazing physical comedian, as yep. well as his uh, <laughs> timing was, was impeccable. Uh, you know, we talk about Gen X and millennials on this show. We don't talk much about baby boomers. Um, Chris Farley was a baby boomers uh uh, John Belushi. John Belushi. Mm-hmm. Uh, he came along and kind of filled that role on SNL. And uh, I just thought he was brilliant. Uh, he, sad story. He, he had no self-esteem. He lived a very sad life, which is funny. Most comedians are very depressed and sad. I don't understand that. Uh, and when he overdosed, that that really hurt me because I, I just love Chris Farley. Um, Nirvana, uh, that is just one band I could not and cannot stand. Uh, for several reasons, uh, and and I don't want to cast any dispersions on Kurt Cobain and, and the tragic way he he left this place. But uh, I, I just thought, uh, first of all, the timing of the band was terrible. It uh, it killed our favorite uh, genre and era of music, uh, the the salad days of heavy metal. You know, uh, when the women look like women and the men look like women. You know, the good old days. <laughs> <laughs> and they are here all of a sudden. Here comes all this grunge and dirty sweaters, and you know I don't wash my hair, and I'm so depressed, and life is so horrible. I just got tired of all that crap. Like get over yourselves. Life is not that freaking bad, you know. And so I just hated that whole genre of music. I hated the songs. I I just don't get it. Uh, they act like he's the greatest thing ever come out of Seattle. I'm sorry, Queensrÿche is. So that's that's how I feel about it. So. Oh. Junior, what do you think of Nirvana? I actually loved them. I don't know if I'm the black sheep here, but I absolutely love them. I played a bunch I think of them. That, that's my role, but go ahead. In, so. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> enough. But yeah, no, I'm a huge fan, and I can I can attest to what my dad said as far as Kurt Cobain and his legacy around here. There's no doubt about that. There was a huge memorial. Actually, a buddy of mine just flew in from Los Angeles last weekend, and he went up and saw it. There was a bunch of there's a bunch of stuff going on because it was the 27th anniversary, and he died at 27 years old. And, so, and I was going to say yeah. he fell into that genre of <laughs> rock stars that all died at 27. Tragically, right. him, yeah. Jimi Hendrix, Amy Winehouse. This goes on and on and on and on. So, right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I the, the I won't go too much into it. I agree. That was the sentiment back in the time that Nirvana came in and killed hair metal and all that stuff. But you go back and listen to stuff in the 88, 89 range. It's like, yeah, maybe it was time to do something different in some respects. A lot of that was getting a little, I'm not sure, but that's for another, still my, still still my favorite music. Fair Anyhow, point. Uh, SNL uh, is Ann. Bates, B-E-A-T-T-S, hopefully I'm pronouncing her name correctly, and sorry if not, but uh, she was uh, one of the original SNL writers. Uh, she passed away recently at uh, age 74. Uh, she also was a creator behind a sitcom Square Pegs in the 80s. I knew the name, and I wasn't really a, a viewer of that particular sitcom, and just tons and tons of writing credits. So she was writing back in the original SNL cast, she helped create the characters, the nerds, and if you remember or not, with uh, Bill Murray and Gilda Radner, when they had the nerds with the glasses and all that stuff. So she was uh, instrumental there. She wrote on Murphy Brown and just tons of tons of writing credit here. So uh, SNL paid a little tribute to her this past week as well. So 
you know, a, a, a pioneer in uh, comedy writing and, uh, uh, you know, to boot, she, you know, the female trying to make it in that business may have not been as easy, especially in the seventies. I don't know, but, uh, so but rest in peace. I'll uh, tell you what, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back then, um, I don't know how much now, but back then on SNL in the seventies and the eighties, mm-hmm. um, you thought that the, the people on the show were stars. They didn't make nowhere near the money or were not the, the big hoo-ha on the show as the writers were because they came up with the, the skits and the characters. And if you study the story of SNL, I mean, the, the, the people on the show were practically bribing the writers to write skits for them, especially if you wrote a couple of hot skits. You know, if you came up with some of the, the popular stuff, you know, they were like, write me something, write me something. You know, it's a very interesting story how they used to squabble backstage and how the, the cast would, would, would buy gifts and, and, and try to get the writers to, to, to write them something. You know, it was all about the writers back then. So, uh, you know, she came from a very, very lucrative job. Um, as the 90s rolled on, some of the stars got so big that they were coming up with their own characters. I like the Murphy, some, you know, doing their own stuff. Mm-hmm. And they became big movie stars, but it was about all about the writers back in the seventies and eighties. Yeah, very good. Okay, uh, and just real quick, uh, we lost an actor, t- uh, James Hampton, passed away at age eighty-four. He was in Teen Wolf and a few things. The one thing I remember him at, he was in the original Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds. He was the uh, like the I'm trying to think out of his uh, the character's name here, but he was like the coach. Sort of the you know he befriended Burt Reynolds in prison and all that stuff and he I don't remember that movie or not but uh, anyway he was he was in a lot of different stuff in in the late seventies and eighties yeah the original Longest Yard with Burt Reynolds okay yeah yeah so Great movie. anyway rest in peace and then yes last thing I got was uh, if you haven't seen the, the teasers for the uh, new Ghost first of all you've seen the trailer for the new Ghostbusters movie it's coming out yeah, yeah. later this year. Check that out. If you're a Ghostbusters fan, this looks terrific. It's bringing back the original cast members who are still with us, all of them, I believe, that are still around. Uh, and the family, the premise is the family of Egon, I believe, his granddaughter or somebody. I think they they resurrect the Ghostbusters. They they bring back the Ecto-1 and all this stuff. And Paul Rudd's in it. And uh, there's a clip of him uh, f- uh, being haunted by some mini- Stay puffed marshmallow men in a grocery store. Very cool. So I'm sure later this year we're going to see all kinds of toys of the baby uh yeah, stay puffed marshmallow men. Cereal whole nine yards. Oh, yeah. So look for that uh, later this year. So, so, so they gotta yeah. bring back the originals. The ladies didn't get it done. No. Uh, you know, they they gave it a good world, but it just didn't have the magic. Uh good people on the show though, in sure. the movie, just didn't get it done. Okay. All right, well, thank you, Fish, with some pop culture. Uh, Ghostbusters, uh, certainly part of our growing up. I remember playing the Ghostbusters theme by Axel F. Yes. In band, uh, in in competition. So that is, uh, and uh, my my girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, at the moment right now, played bass guitar on the field. Uh, during that performance, so memories. Those are my memories with Ghostbusters. 
Absolutely. Hey, real quick before you get into sports, did you guys see episode four uh, with the uh, Falcon and the Oh, Soldier? yeah, Fish. Come on, man. Oh, yeah. That's, Our so weekly that's updates really... with that particular show. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, really, uh, really oh, getting really wow. intense. And yeah. Uh, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see kind of where this goes from here. So, yeah, John Walker is kind of getting unhinged. Yeah, a lot of a lot of bad things happen. Yeah, if you don't want to hear what happened, you haven't seen it yet, turn off mm-hmm. your radio for the next 30 seconds. But just the emergence of the Wakanda Dormage was just awesome. Yes. Um that fight scene, man. And I remember him saying they they're not even on the super soldier serum, you know, just so you know right. how awesome they are. Uh and uh those ball head chicks, I think they're hot. They laid it down, man. They laid it you know, down. Marcy kept asking me, she goes, are we supposed to not like Captain America now? Because I really don't like him. And she must have said it three or four times during this last episode because she, she caught on, like, episode two that he's not who he no, needs to be. No, he's a government Captain America. Nobody's yeah, going to like so him, so she's man. like, I don't like him. Am I ever going to like him, you comic geek? Tell me what the comics say. And I'm like, not as long as you're on a government payroll. <laughs> I said, you're going to have to keep watching just like the rest of us. Uh, well, in, in the comics, it's, they're sort of following the storyline a little bit because John Walker. A little bit. Yeah, he did become unhinged in the comics and he had to be taken down and all of that. So they're sort of following him. Clearly, they seem to be laying the groundwork for you know, the Falcon to assume the Captain America mantle, which I was, I'm, I'm guessing, will take you into uh, upcoming movies with uh, Sam as Captain America, as they also did in the comics, actually. Well, two episodes left, so they really got to mm-hmm. take off these last two episodes. But that was yep. great, though. That was amazing. Yeah. Okay. Hey, uh, pop culture real quick. New show. Have you guys seen The Nevers on HBO? I saw that advertised, actually. That oh, just started this man. weekend, right? Yeah, watch it, brother. Watch it. Okay. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Like a steampunk era superhero show type uh, thing. Oh, well, it's set like right? in your like your early 1700s in like England mm-hmm. over there, you know. And this thing is flying in the air and sprinkles these little light things everywhere, and it doesn't affect anybody except certain women. And okay. three years later, the women that it affected develop these abilities, and all their abilities are different. Like one woman can stick her finger and plants grow. One girl, she's like a teenager, but she's like 20 feet tall. Uh, you know, one woman could create, uh, she can see the future 10 seconds ahead, which makes her an incredible fighter because she knows what she's going to do. And uh, there's just two women who are the main characters. They live in this boarding house for women who have abilities. They're called the touched. Mm-hmm. And their job is to keep the touch safe because somebody's hunting them down. And uh, it's just a fantastic show, man. It's a little bit of uh, Avengers, a little bit of James Bond, a little bit of Wild Wild West. It's just really good. Yeah, I said I heard another woman has the power to touch Keith's lower intestine. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. Open. I knew it. Open it up like like uh, like the. Like, 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 Junior, why are you laughing, yeah. Junior? Like like yeah. James, like James, <laughs> Jim Carrey did in the uh, in the way he parted the ways. Yeah, <laughs> that's real funny. That's real funny. Anyway, all right. Open thanks. says me. There you go. <laughs> we done? We done? Uh, no, probably not. Done. That's probably te- temporarily. Yeah, we're done temporarily. Yep. All right. How about we get into some sports? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right. 
in the world of sports. Sports. Uh, in sports, not a whole lot to report, guys. Of course, uh, the day started off with Julia Edelman being let go by the Patriots, the last pretty much of uh, the, the the main guys of that Super Bowl winning roster. Um, he uh, is 34 years of age, and I was questioning. The, the question all day was, uh, Fisher asked me, I saw it on a sports show, would he join Tom Brady? And, of course, since that question has been asked, he has retired. Uh, it is an end of an era in New England, uh, officially. Mm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how Bill Belichick rebuilds uh, without Tom Brady, who showed what he was all about by winning another Super Bowl, unprecedentedly uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But are you guys glad to see this empire go, or you looking forward to somebody else taking that mantle, Skinner? Uh, yeah, I know Mike's nipping at the bud to make a comment on this. Uh, yeah, I'll just be real quick. Uh, you know, Mike has only known New England Patriots his entire, pretty much his football uh, viewing, so... Kind of like doing LeBron James in the finals. Right, exactly. Um, Yeah, it's nice to have parity in in any sport. Um, Love them or hate them, you get tired of seeing the same team making it to the same same show every year. So, yeah, I think it's good. It's good for football. It's good for – for everybody involved, all the fans are wait, they're waiting to see who's the next Tom Brady, and that's always an exciting thing too. So, okay, fish. Yeah, all dynasties eventually come to an end. You know, we've seen many in our lifetime growing up. You know, seventies Steelers, eighties Forty ers Dallas of the nineties, and so on and so forth. Patriots uh, for you know, many many years. So they'll they'll uh, they'll rebuild. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how long uh, Belichick sticks around if he's going to really hang yeah, with it and rebuild sure. it, or he may just say. I'll take the TV contract and I'll, I'll see you on the flip side here coming up. But uh, I think we'll hang around for a while, at least get the, get the ball rolling to uh, set it up for the next, uh, you know, regime, if you will. But yeah. Junior, you got any words on this? Oh, sure. I, I'm just going to say it is, it's kind of nice, but at the same time, I mean, I appreciate greatness. So the fact that this guy has been doing yeah. it, I was like, see, that's where I am. there's something yeah. I just have to appreciate. I know he's had whatever deflate gate and all the different stuff. Right. I mean, he went to Tampa Bay and did it again. So we can say it's not seeing the same people, but if Brady keeps doing it, I mean, man, right. I know. I, know, I, I see. I'm with you, Junior. I, I hated the guy when he plays his Steelers, but I, I just learned to never hate despise greatness. And That's to watch somebody thing. do that, yep. it's just been awesome to watch. You know, I want to be able to say in my lifetime, I saw it happen. You know what I mean? So, exactly. okay. All right. Okay. So that's all I got in sports today, guys. Real wait, 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 wait. Sorry, oh, Keith. Oh, oh, go ahead, buddy. Baylor defeating Gonzaga in the NCAA championship. Did you see that, I thought that at we, all? No, we didn't cover that we last week. That. We, well, no, we, the game was last week. Oh, we that's gone. right. I'm so sorry. Thank yeah. you. We shot Thank the you. night of the championship game. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Gonzaga could not. The big uh, win streak the, could not hold yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep, that's so. amazing. Baylor has been an incredible school as of late. Their athletic department has grown uh, ever since the emergence of RG3 in football, winning the Heisman. Mm-hmm. And then their basketball, their lady basketball teams, uh, Brittany, uh, I forget her last name. Uh, she's in the WNBA right now. She had elevated to a women's basketball team. Mm-hmm. Now to see their men's team uh, take the championship has been pretty incredible. You talk about parity. We're seeing it in uh, college basketball for sure right now. Well, yep. Baylor, I mean, they, Gonzaga had no chance in that game. That game was over in the first minute when they went up 7 nothing. 
Uh, it was just an incredible feat for Baylor because they, let's be honest, they were the underdog. Nobody had Baylor on their on their. Bracket. No, they Nobody. were the underdog yeah. going into that game. I don't know what the line was, but Gonzaga at thirty and zero. Wow, I know, right? I like to see that. That'd be interesting. So, hey, before I, I move off sports, uh, because you reminded me, and I think it's a very important story. Skinner, would you uh, review the golf story? Yeah, the Masters tournament it was this past weekend. If you're a golf fan, you'll know that Augusta, Georgia, they play. That's that's the the Super Bowl of golf. Yeah, they have four majors. They got the U.S. Open, the British Open, the PGA, and then the Masters. But that's the granddaddy. And uh, Hideki Masayama, who's a Japanese golfer, 29 years old, uh, never won a major himself, and no Japanese player has ever won a major in PGA Tour history until yesterday. Um, he had a four-stroke lead starting the day, and it actually got bumped right on the first hole uh, to two-stroke, uh, or he was only up a stroke, uh, meaning there was only one one. One shot between the second place and him, and he held on and won the tournament yesterday. So, kudos to him. I find that utterly incredible, uh, considering the fact. Uh, I think back when Tiger won his first Masters, and the comments made by Fuzzy Zeller. So, I wonder if anybody made a, a comment uh, uh, about. Let's about but yeah, exactly. Let's hope not. The kid was incredible for the to be able to hold that lead uh, his first time. He's only best finished before was five was fifth. And not really even close to trying to win that tournament, but he went uh, went the wire yesterday. And oh, kudos okay. to him and the Japanese yep. following. All right, well let's uh, get over to music. Music. Uh, also, it's well, it's just been a day of of, of rest in pieces. Uh, our friend Darius and uh, Fisher brought up a couple of uh, people. Uh, Jack Hanna, also uh, DMX. We reported his health issues last week, and unfortunately, he passed away this week. Um, Apparently a heart attack. Uh, one of my favorite rappers of all time. And he has some of the iconic songs with some of the iconic sayings that have lasted through time. Of course, one of the most famous ones is Y'all Gonna Make Me Lose My Mind, which is what I say every time I get off the show. And uh, I was just thinking of some of the lyrics that he wrote that sticked out through time. So I want to ask you guys, are there any rap lyrics that have meant something to you that you remember throughout time. And I'm going to start with Junior, man, see if he has anything that uh, that he remembers that uh, means a lot to him, lyrically. My palms are sweaty, knees weak, arms are heavy. There's vomit on my sweater already. Oh, man, like, where to begin? There's so we many didn't know he was going freestyle. But... <laughs> no, that's a classic Eminem song. I'll lose yourself. Eight miles. One of my favorites. One of my favorites. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. There's, there's oh. a lot of Eminem ones. Um, He'd have to be the main one because that's what I grew up on. I remember okay. I remember my mom bought me the CD and she didn't realize it wasn't the Walmart version. So I had to hide that. <laughs> okay. Fish? <laughs> you know, one that's like near and dear to my heart. Uh, just if I'm down, just I just go back and rethink about this one. That uh, I, I once got busy in a Burger King bathroom. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Wait a minute. Then you once get busy in an after hours bathroom? <laughs> you must have me confused with somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, Skitter. <laughs> Um, rap, as you guys know, is really not my genre of music. I listen to all types of music. That's one that's probably most unfamiliar to me. I remember Junior saying that he was shocked when I talked about Dr. Dre last week, and that's Absolutely. who I grew up with. Um, 
Will Smith, he did a song called Summertime. Yeah, one of what my album, favorite. I don't know what that album is or when that was done, but I go when, especially during the winter times here in Northeast Ohio, he's on my playlist. I'll play that Summertime song and it puts me in a mood looking for sunshine. And I'm weather. so glad you brought that up, Skitter. It is one of my favorite songs. There are two songs that I have to play at the beginning of every summer, and it tells me that it's summer. It's Summertime by Will Smith and Limelight by Rush. I don't know why, but those are the two songs. Great choice, man. Great choice. Uh, I'm going to give you guys something you probably never heard of. It was a young woman by the name of Nonchalant. Now, we hear all these rap songs come out. We talked about the... The, the Cardi B song right now, you know, the WAP song and all this foul stuff. But it's so funny. When somebody puts out something positive, they try to bury them. This woman named Nonchalant came out with a rap uh, 20 years ago, and it was one of the most positive, powerful things we ever heard. The song skyrocketed up the charts, and then they just killed it like after a month. You never heard from it or her again. But it was basically talking. It was a young black woman talking to young black people about always crying about racism, but you're slinging dope in your own neighborhood. And I want to read those notes, real, those lyrics to you real quick. It's really real. When I feel the way that I do right now, I see all my brothers underground pushing up daisies. Man, it amazes me that you can't see where you're going to be. A statistic. Everybody gone cold ballistic. If you had a good day, damn, I must have missed it. Because you're mad at the universe. Go to hell with everybody else because you want your own first. I got the urge to let you in on a little secret because you keep dying if I keep it. All the kneeling that you're feeling from within, for what? For the color of your skin? Why lie? I couldn't try even if I had to. Down with the bulletproof vest when I had you. A black woman trying to get through to a few so you can leave the next crew. And the verse goes, five o'clock in the morning, where are you going to be? Outside on the corner. You better get yourself together while you're wasting all your time right along with your mind. And this verse right here is so powerful. It says, why should I do right and suffer? I'd rather do wrong making that loot and that hustler. Instead of hot dogs, I'm eating pork chops that they smothered. I got a gang of loot up in the safe up in my covers. And on top of all that, I push a fat Lex. I got my hose in the golf course just in case I feel like flexing. So I must ask for, though, uh, who are you to say I'm a big man? And then she comes back and says, yeah, you know you're a big man. I went to 12 years of school and I never could read. The knowledge of my hood is something they could never teach me. I never started to step in, but I kept up with the Joneses. Having rollers with my little pinky ring. I did a lot of kinky things. The girls knew it and flocked to it. I'm around my old ways. Yeah, they still want to do it. It's not about the clothes that you got on your back, but it's about the money in your pocket if you're down like that. And the last line says... I love it. My favorite line, it says, your brother is getting skinny because you want your pockets fatter. And I never forgot that line growing up. So I never could have sold drugs. So that's it for music. This day in music, 1969, guys, the song Aquarius, one of my favorite songs by Fifth Dimension, debuted up the charts. It's been six weeks at number one. It was also the theme song to a very controversial, controversial movie called Hair. If anybody remember that musical, did you guys ever see it? Fish? Nope. Never saw hair. No, oh, I, I never saw is, Raiders but... of the Lost Ark, so. And you guys haven't seen hair in a little while, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I walked into that one. Yep. Okay. Hey, 1989. 
Talk about, uh, we talked about the Patriots start of a dynasty. Garth Brooks debut with his self-titled album. From there, and then the one after that, we had never seen anybody dominate country music or any music. He dominated just music, period, like this guy did for a three, four-year run that was unprecedented. Are you a Garth Brooks fan? Do you like any of his songs? Junior, are you a Garth Brooks fan? Oh, absolutely I am. My man. My man. Absolutely, yeah. I was wondering, was it Darth Brooks or Chris Gaines, his little alter ego? That yeah, right, yeah, exactly. Fame. Didn't like the Chris Gaines stuff, but love the Garth Brooks. Fish? Yeah, he definitely helped usher in a different country sound, for sure. Yeah. I was never a huge fan, but he definitely, mm-hmm. definitely bridged that gap that seemed to carry on with a lot of artists uh, from that point. So I don't know he was quite the first to bridge, you know, but he definitely had a whole different sound. It was more of a, yeah. you know... Rockin' type country type sound. He brought the rock style concert to country music too. Yeah, Mm -hmm. everybody followed him after that. Sure. Well, I'm glad to hear my son say yes to Garth Brooks because that's what he listened to growing up. Because okay, if I didn't have if I didn't have Garth Brooks on, I have Metallica on. Okay, it was those were the two biggest things for me. Um, Yeah, Garth Brooks. I remember him. uh, Chris Gaines. I'm glad you remember that because I I had all the CDs. (laughs) Yeah, good call. I had a good uh, run of CDs before box sets even become popular. Um, but, uh, yeah, Garth Brooks was an innovator, a genius. Um, I, I thought so, too. Uh, you know, me being already labeled as the weirdest black man on planet, uh, I just loved his music. I thought he had – I loved his voice, his songwriting, the subject matter, you know, songs like The Dance, uh, things like that. Just, man, just really hit you. But uh, – He's so impressed he's frozen. He can't even. So, he's so, yeah, so, he's so impressed he's frozen. That's right. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. Well, that's all I got for today, guys. All right, fellas. Well, that's been uh, – that hour went very quick. I appreciate yes, it did. Uh, your candor. I appreciate your stories. I appreciate you too, my brothers. Uh, my son, love you dearly. Thank you for jumping in on this week's show. Uh, we appreciate your candor. Uh Yep. So with that being said, we are up against it. And um, for Michael Skinner, Brian Fisher, Keith Porter, and Michael Skinner Jr., we bid you farewell and check us out on Facebook. If anything else, you'll find us at It Came From Gen X. Peace. Next week. See you next week, folks. I'm throwing the X up. I'm frozen, but I'm throwing it up. (laughs) So they can hear that on the radio. Yeah. Like, like, Mike.